Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of the Sunfire Tavern, our podcast for gamers and geeks where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies and TV, with me, Ollie, and my co-host Clark, discussing the hot topics of the week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to email us with your questions through sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Hey Clark, how's it going, man? Hello, uh, all good? Yeah. Busy week. Busy, yeah, busy, busy. Busy week. Busy week. Busy week. Yeah. I yep. mean, How about you? Yeah, it's been good, man. It's been. I mean, work's been a lot. A lot of like meetings and stuff like that. So it's been just like a lot of staring at screens and you know idle chatter. But you know, in terms of like actually going out and going out and about and doing things, you know, now like like you know, coronavirus is kind of as in like in the UK at least like lockdown is like li- even lifting even more soon. You know, been out going out and about. And it's going, been really nice. Going yeah. to tier three on the 18th, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to be old. Able to... Uh, old Boris J. Uh, Boris J. I'm not going to say that. Old Boris Johnson yeah. announced it yesterday that we're going to tier three. It's going to be lovely. Yeah, it's going to be great. Apparently, you're allowed to hug people, but don't go <laughs> near their face. Oh, that's okay. What they, that's what they said. I've, I've had a similar talk at school, but it was a different area that I'm not supposed to go yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? Exactly. God, I've seen some, um, some of the stupid memes I've seen about that. Just... Yeah, don't go near the face. Don't go near the face. Yeah. But everything else is fine. Everything else is open field. Yeah, think about some um, numbers. You know, that's fine. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, so <laughs> our agenda <wow>. for today... <laughs> Our wow. agenda for today is um, so we've obviously got you know the usual intro and what we've been playing and watching. Uh, we're going to talk about Resident Evil Eight and the sort of chip shortages that are delaying consoles, um, the Google Stadia oh. controllers thing Clark has put here, and oh, we can talk about Switch sales as well, which is awesome. Yep. Um, um, so I, I badly formatted something. So Ollie's reading off a list, but I didn't put the list in any kind of order <laughs> or bulleted it, so it's just a long chunk of text. That's fine. <laughs> That's yeah. how we. That's how we do it. We do it live. A that's challenge. Fine. Yeah. A challenge. Yeah, it's improv. It's improv challenge. Yeah, yeah, it's a challenge. So um, we've got also uh, we're going to talk about Epic Games and they recently posted about their costs of like you know for when they were doing their weekly free game sort of thing and the costs associated with that. And then I've got some filler topics here in case we need we you know we get to them when we need some if we have some time we'll talk about like favorite gaming challenges which is related to like what I've been doing recently uh, and we can talk about some you know I've been, I was thinking about randomly about arcades this week you know and how I kind of miss arcades so um, and then also for a first we have a question an email question so we'll get to that after that so I don't, I don't know how to feel about that I can't handle that I know that's, this is the first this is the first episode th- was- we're so close to looking out of our window and seeing someone like stalking us from in a bush with binoculars. Exactly. We're so excited. We're so close to a crazy fan. Thirty-two weeks of recording, <laughs> and here we are. We have our first yeah. question, which is excellent. So, anyway, Clark, why don't you start us off? Um, so, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? Well, so I got into a new TV series on Netflix called Shadow and Bone. Hmm. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, or have you seen, heard anything about not, it? Not heard anything about it or anything. Yeah, it tell me. is good. Um, so, if you think of a TV series that's sort of like an advancement of where Harry Potter kind of left off, mm. so that sort of universe, obviously forgetting all the nonsense about the back end of Harry Potter, um, that sort of universe that has kind of come forwards now, and so like there's magic in this universe, but it's kind of low level. Um, it's very like, almost Dungeons and Dragonsy in style. Um, it's about so so t- to give you some backstory of what it is, it's um. Uh, this like this world that's kind of not the real world, but it's it's set in a in a an alternate version of the real world. Effectively, mm. um, there's two nations separated by this big black uh, shadow, 
right. and the shadow has just been present. It was summoned by uh, a being called a, a, a Gija or something, or Gaija. I, I can't fully remember Gai- what they're called, but... I was going to um, say Kaiju. But with the... No, not a kaiju. It's, okay. it's a person, a summoner. Okay. Uh, summoned this black smoke and, and split the 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 country, well, the the, the world in half effectively. Hmm. And, and to pass through that that black mass is pretty much certain death. Wow. And I've only seen two episodes so far, and so far I've seen a group go into a boat that kind of traverses this black mass, and obviously something happens, unexpected, blah blah blah. Uh, and it's brilliant. Like it is really really good. Hmm. Like. Very impressed. Really excited to kind of see where it goes. I've had no time this week to do anything else other than work, and um, I'm actually playing a little bit of Pokemon as well. Because I, <laughs> I, so uh, I'm, I'm going on like 30 tangents here, but when as soon as I get time to watch another episode of this, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely in because it's really good. Yeah. So what's that? Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone. Okay. Highly recommended. It's on uh, on Netflix. It, it, it's a very good show. Like very very good show. Um, other than that, I've been playing Pokemon, so I managed to get my 3DS um, connected up to Pokemon Home, so I'm now going back through all my old Pokemon games and collecting the last remaining few that I don't have in my full collection, because nice. I'm creating what's called a Living Dex. Uh, a Living Dex is where you collect every single Pokemon from across all of the uh, all of the franchises, and you put them into one storage space, and they're all alive to look at. Oh, wow. So you've got like one Magikarp and one whatever, Pikachu. Um, and I've got nine left to collect out of just under a thousand Pokemon. So I've been I've been active, but I've been that's collecting that over the last. I've been collecting that over fifteen years. To be yeah. fair, I mean, I mean, yeah. this week. That's still yeah. an achievement, dude. That's, that's pretty was. cool. <laughs> so proud of myself. So yeah, tell the grandchildren. <laughs> um, other than that, what else have I been doing this week? Um, I've actually been being social and going out and doing things. So like going to the gym and whatnot, and went on a date, and it's very successful. We have a Ooh. second date tomorrow. Excellent. It's all very exciting. I know. It, as soon as we get an email fan, like we get famous and people start contacting us and want to be part of what, what we're doing, so mm. possibly where this has come from, they've obviously heard of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, just been mega busy with work because work is getting pretty intense. Um, we're doing some pretty cool stuff, but obviously, I can't talk about mm. it because I'm under NDA. And oh. I think someone from work is actually listening to us now as well. Oh, cool. Uh, on the note of of um, the dating stuff, my friends, I haven't played it myself. My friends have been playing this game called Tender. It's on um, iOS, I think, and it seems to be like a weird sort of like uh, fake dating thing where you date these monsters, but you actually schedule like actual dates with like at a certain time. So it's like, oh, you can actually miss your date, kind of thing. And I think it's sort of, I think it's like ra- like procedurally generated, but also um, has like um, uh, multiple choice in terms of like how you interact with things. But it's like been so weird, like reading the stories that they've been telling me about like. Um, ha- what happened on on this app with these people, uh, with these that, monsters? That Jade has been playing that. Yeah, Jade's been playing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I spotted on uh, Twitter that she was talking about it, and uh, it looks super interesting. Mm. I love the art style as well; very cute. Yeah, the art's really great. And like, so for example, the latest story my friend just told me was um, the the latest thing that happened to him. Tender was I met an old school friend, and they only dated me to see if they could, and then they bragged about it, bragged to me about it, but I still had sex with them. So, there you oh, go. That, that really went off, went off in uh, in a strange direction there. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but it's I mean, monsters, isn't it? Like it's weird creatures. And yeah. Whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got like a sort of space aspect to it, at least, because there's something about like leaving the planet or something. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to have a weird, f- not 
dating slash not real dating thing, I'd recommend that game, I guess. Tender. I've not played it myself, but... That's what everyone's looking for, isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like yeah, preparing... This uh, is it. People preparing themselves when lockdown ends, you know? <laughs> this is well, it. it's ending. It's coming to... We should celebrate that as well, like, because we've all done very well. For those of us that have been following the rules and doing everything that we should have been doing, I'm very proud of everyone. I'm really happy that we're actually now coming out the end of what has been a really, really shitty 2020 and 2021. Mm. It's been difficult, and I just want to kind of be really clear on the fact that I'm happy that people, while we're coming out of lockdown, are celebrating this. They're also still behaving. I'm still seeing a lot of people wearing masks. People are still keeping distance and stuff. So for the majority that I'm seeing doing that, I'm happy that things are still going well. Yeah, it's been really cool. And it's just cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, um, I, I've been doing, like, indoor climbing a lot now, like, since the gyms have opened up, and, like, everybody there has been, like, super respectful, the staff, everyone who's also yeah. climbing, like, people are wearing masks even on the wall, you know, stuff like that, like, so it's really cool, like, really, really cool. It's, it's nice, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, so what have you been playing, Ollie, other than your dating sim? Right, okay, yeah. so... um. I had to remember what I've been playing. I actually got to play a few different, dabble with a few different games this week. So, um, I played this rhythm game called um, A Dance of Fire and Ice. Uh, I think it's quite old, or at least it used, used to be quite popular. But it's like, if you look at it, it's it looks very basic. It's like an indie game. I think it's quite cheap on Steam. But it's like a really good rhythm game in terms of like the way that it presents itself. So instead of it being like, you know, when you think of a rhythm game, you think of like, you know, Guitar Hero or like, um, you know, DDR or something, you know, when you have like sort of just like a track that comes down of like, you know, oh, and you have to hit the beat, hit the note when it gets past a certain point. Whereas in this game, you sort of have these two orbs that are like sort of, you know, doing a dance, essentially, like they're just rotating. And what you have to do is you have to press the button uh, and you basically go down a track and you have to press the button in time to like when one of the balls is going to hit the track so obviously that means that like uh you know a straight path is just like in in like mus musical terms is just like a normal like you know a, a beat right so if you're going straight it would just be like straight four like four four beats right but then once you do like a corner like you have to turn left or something it would be like a um like a quarter note for example so that okay. so it's cool because it means that the track basically dictates the actual like rhythm of the song and instead of it in it, it adds another layer to like the rhythm game where instead of you're just like blind reading a chart it's like you know you're kind of like actually using a track and it's a really nice way of like actually showing um like spacing between notes so like triplets for example are like an actual like triangle in the track so like and it's really cool um as a person who like used to do a lot of music stuff uh, when he when you know when i was younger i used to play a lot of musical instruments and stuff so uh that was really cool uh, i definitely recommend you, that uh Interesting that you couldn't name a single musical note when you were trying to describe them just a minute ago. Well, no, I mean, you got your quavers and your crotchets and your minims and all this other stuff. I was trying to, you know... Semi-breathe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Semi-quavers. Oh, you know, I, I, can, I, can, I can get it all out, you know, whatever. Prawn cocktail quavers, yeah. uh, cheese ones. <laughs> yeah. I, I, actually, I, I actually am a musical person. I can play the piano, so... Oh, really? I can read music. Yeah, I can read music. So. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, that would be... Uh, I, uh... We'll have a jam session live sometime on the Sunfire Tavern. Oh, yes. It'll be, it'll be terrible and... and Horrible. Tonight's, en tonight's entertainment in the Sunfire Tavern. That's uh, you know. Tavern completely empties and goes silent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just we'll just have we'll just have a, a you know a mid section a jazz you know break in the middle. You know that's a I can do some jazz drumming. You can play some jazz piano. That's For it. Player context that could be coming at any time. Oh, we can there you go. You know, yeah, it's like, it could be happening right now. I don't know. Exactly. You never know. know there might suddenly be a saxophone just playing. 
You never. We know. don't know what's going on anymore. Like as soon as we start getting like sound effect panels and stuff, it's going to get crazy. But um, <laughs> I mean, that, that depends because as I start to navigate getting us towards like a Patreon and getting us set up on a website and stuff, we don't know where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Things could get crazy. There could be an advert playing over me right now. I hope oh. there isn't because I really don't want to get into advertising in any way. Oh. But right now, someone could. I could be saying something about Squarespace. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. That's funny you say it. Funny you say that, Clark, because this episode is sponsored... No, okay. Um, the Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> oh, God. Not this, not this again. Which I had an argument with... Um, so, I'm, I'm going to sideway a little bit here. Um, I had an argument yesterday with someone about the Xbox Game Pass because they were talking about it and their, their comment was, um, I've never used something that was so janky and broken and unusable in all my life. It's terrible. I'm never using it again. I was like, hang on. Wait. The Xbox Game Pass is an incredible thing. Like it's it's really good value. Uh, it's packed with games. What do you mean it's broken? Mm-hmm. And they went on to explain how they couldn't use any of the games that they were playing. Nothing would work. It turns out all they'd done is played Halo, which genuinely doesn't work on the Game Pass. The first few times you install it, you have to reinstall it like four or five times. Oh. And they'd made a judgment of the entire thing based on that one game that didn't work. And what the actual problem is is that the Windows 10 store is absolute shite. Yeah, that's because true. the Game Pass itself, working on uh, the Xbox, is almost flawless. Like it's really, really good. I agree on PC. It's a bit janky, and the Windows Store needs like taking out the bat behind the bar and barn and you know having a bullet put in its head wow um, <laughs> but yeah i had this argument and i was just like why am i having this like why am i defending the game pass like it's because it is easily one of the biggest products that's come out of like 2020 2021 mm. like it, it's been so successful and so many people are now signed up for it um i just wanted to sideway into that one and just yeah. say that I, I was right they were wrong ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the Xbox yeah. Game Pass. Um, what else so, are you were you playing? Sorry. I so I dabbled uh, briefly into Apex Legends because they did they recently did their new update um, where they added a new game mode, which is called Arena, where it's a three. It's a, it basically it's just like not battle royale anymore. It's literally like a three v three team deathmatch with like uh, sort of like you know a CS:GO style. You get money for each round, and then you spend the money to buy guns and stuff like that. And then it's just like who can which you know eliminate the enemy team. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's been. It was quite fun. It's very intense. Uh, the people I was playing with some friends from work, and it was like quite intense, and we got very competitive with it. But it was a lot of fun. And but those those one shot one kill modes do tend to be like they they tend to attract quite a toxic audience as well. Because mm. if you make one mistake, that's it, and then people just lose their minds at you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've tend to find that with those games. Like, I do enjoy them, but the the audiences don't tend to be ones that I'm very compatible with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd play it with like randoms, or at least if I played it with randoms, I'd probably just kind of like do my own thing. Um, or but, turn your headset off. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But I mean, you know, it was a lot of fun, and I got to give credit to Apex for you know like it the game plays really well, you know, like in terms of like uh smoothness and I'm a big Titanfall 2 fan as well, so you know, and yeah, I just been seeing loads of ads for it and so loads of stuff for it and I was like, yeah, why not? I'll try Apex again. Um and I'd not played a shooter in like a long time as well. So it was a nice one to get back into. Very fast paced. Um which is cool. Um what else? And then, you know, obviously the usual League of Legends, Tekken. You know, kind of dabbling in those tricky towers in the evenings with friends, uh, and yeah, uh, that's that's basically what I've been playing. So um, I guess for after that, we can go into our first topic of discussion. Sure, but I did forget to mention I've been playing Sea of Thieves a ton this week as well. I've oh really? About that, I've ju- I've just been all back and forth and everything, so my brain doesn't work properly right now. Mm. But yeah, I've been playing a ton of Sea of Thieves as well. Like back into that in a big way. Um, just loving that game. It's so good. How was the season pass? Uh, disappointing. So oh, okay. I, I like it. Well, you could say disappointed, but if you compare it to Fortnite's season pass, which is just 
content packed. Like every time you play that game, you get something out of the season pass. Um, as opposed to the Sea of Thieves one, where you get like five items for the entire hundred um, hundred level track, mm. um, which to me seems really weak. Yeah, but at the same time, Sea of Thieves is a box model game. It's you know it's a premium price game. So are, are they doing the right thing? Are they, I don't know if they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Like I, I don't know mm. there. Yeah, it's just it, it doesn't feel particularly. I've I've got no reason to buy that season pass. It's not sell, selling it to me in any way, but their cosmetics that they've been putting in recently are absolutely gorgeous. Okay, like you can make beautiful ships now with some of the paid cosmetics, mm. but you can also use some of the stuff that you unlock through normal gameplay as well. So it looks like they're finding a really good balance there. That's good. Which That's is good. good. To hear. Yeah, um, I'm feeling like Sea of Thieves right now is a really good place for people to jump in and, and enjoy it, but not on your own. Like on your own, the game is awful. But with friends or with a, an organized group, it's so much fun. Yeah. So, so fun. Yeah. But yeah, that's what else I've been playing this week. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Then after the, now, we can get into our first topic, which no, is... Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Xbox <laughs> Game Pass. No. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so we got Resident... Obviously, uh, Resident Evil 8 came out. Uh, have you it had is. a chance to play it or seen? Anything? No, um, it's sitting on my table. I just haven't. I haven't put it in my PlayStation yet. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. What I've heard about it so far, though, is it's amazing. Mm. I've heard very good things about. I mean, I've seen very good reviews. Some some are a bit like eh, isn't like you know like sort sort of seven out of ten. Yeah, but like, the people who are really yeah. into it, uh, really like it. So well, so apparently it's hearkening back to the more classic Resident Evils. Like it's using the inventory system from four. Um, it's using a lot of stuff they used in two. So like the the Nemesis idea has come back. Mm. Although apparently the the Lady Dimitres thing is only for like an hour of the game. Yeah. Um, it, it it's really not as as prominent as it's made out to be in all the marketing campaigns. Right. Okay. Um, there is a. I'm not going to say any spoilers because I've not played it myself. But from what I've heard, there is this um, spooky house that sort of is the um, the way of Resident Evil saying that we see you, Silent Hill PT. We know you exist. We know that people loved you. This is our version of Silent Hill PT. Oh wow! That's what people are saying about it. But again, I haven't played it, so I can't really comment on that. Although my brother, who runs the other podcast, the um, Itchy, Itchy Tasty, Tasty podcast. Yeah which is the Resident Evil theme one, he gave me a little bit of feedback on it, and it seems that's where it's going. I would trust his opinion, because he's a massive nerd about Resident Evil. So, mm. um, But yeah, so I haven't played it much myself. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Uh, it does look like people are very happy with it, though, but it is quite short. It's like being completed in... St the standard completion time is about seven hours. Right, okay. uh, but people are, people are now speedrunning it and completing it in under two. Oh, wow. Which is very normal for a Resident Evil game. Yeah, like, that that's is, about standard. That, yeah. That's run of the mill, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that sounds good to me. But um, it looks like we could probably recommend it based on word of mouth. I'm yeah. happy to tell people like you know go and try this game out. It looks good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's my point of Resident Evil Eight. So if you haven't played it yet, go and play it. Let us know what you think of it. We'd love to hear. Yeah. Send us an email. <laughs> I get very excited when I get one. Um, okay. So then I guess moving on after that, we've got the. Chip shortages delaying consoles. So I haven't actually heard about any of it. Is this to do with the PS5? Uh, not yes, yeah. sort of. So um, sorry, just getting my head into order on this one because it's a bit of a confusing one. Right. Um, obviously, over the past two or three years, there's been a lot of ship, uh, ship chip shortages. Chip, chip shortage, ship shortage. I don't know chip what I'm saying. Shortages. Chip, chip yeah. shortages. It's a bit of a that tongue twister, isn't it? It is. Uh, that have affected the PS5 launch. 
Um, they've also affected the distribution of Switch consoles, which which is another point we've got coming up a little bit later on. Uh, and it's also been the reason why the uh, a, the rumored Switch HD or Switch Pro, whatever you want to call it, has been now delayed to next year. Yeah. Because so, do you know actually what is causing some of this chip shortage? By the way, do you know that the the knock on effect of what's causing it? I mean, I can guess, but I'm not sure if that. You know, I mean, I'm just I, I don't actually I'm know. To hear what you say. All right, I'm gonna guess it's something to do with crypto, but. Maybe not. No. Oh, it's no, not. Actually, okay, it's okay. Not. okay. That's good. So, and I, I am super willing to be corrected here if I'm wrong, but the, the rumor is that it's because of a water shortage in China. Oh, wow. And I don't know if you know, but to make these chips requires a lot of water. Hmm. I, which is, I mean, you shouldn't be mixing water and electronics from what I understand, but apparently you use a ton of water when making these chips. I, I don't know if... Like the, I, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know the technical side of it. Yeah, but because no that idea. water shortage is impacting the factories, and they're not able to use water on, on the level they normally would. They're not producing as many chips, and that's apparently what's causing it. That's which fascinating. Is, it's weird, isn't it? Like yeah. that's something. You would, like if someone was to say, "What do you think is the reason for causing a chip shortage?" The, the last thing I would say is like, "Well, it's obviously because they haven't got enough water." Yeah, exactly. But what I do wonder is if that means like the employees are not able to get access to regular water or something because obviously the, the working conditions out there are somewhat questionable in some places. That's true. Um, aside from the Happy Worker Foundation and a few other bits and pieces, the, it's still quite, quite well known that some Chinese factories are obviously not maintained in the way that we would like them to be. Mm. Um, I, ju- I just found it weird that water was the solution, the, 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 uh, the, the problem for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so there you go. And that means that we're probably going to be looking at next year now to get the, 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 the new Switch. Mm. And it's also apparently the reason that we're, the launch of Breath of the Wild 2 has been impacted as well. This chip shortage oh. was... Um, so, the again, this is all rumours. Like we don't know for sure on this one, but I, I've heard whisperings that they wanted to launch Breath of the Wild 2 alongside the HD Switch to kind of resell units, to get people to rebuy, because Breath of the Wild came out with the original Switch, and it would make sense to release the sequel with the sequel console. Mm. Like That makes sense to me, because I'm absolutely going to buy a HD Switch when it comes out. There's, there's no choice in the matter. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to me that all these things have this weird knock-on circular effect. But it's all rumours, so please do take what we're saying with a pinch of salt. Um, so yeah, there's that, which is somewhat interesting. Yeah, I'll have to read um, into that. That's yeah. quite interesting. Uh, it's the water shortage, and also, yeah, I guess... The fact that it's got this knock-on effect of yeah the, I mean to, to be impacted. to be honest that you know I don't know if I'm kind of ready for a Switch HD yet you know oh I am I'm yeah? so ready it can't run Breath of the Wild properly the current Switch mm. like it struggles with it I, I'm really ready for another Switch now I guess for me I... it's because like my Switch is basically just like a indie game like a portable indie game machine it's basically like a PSP what was the P- the PS Vita yeah it's basically a PS Vita for me. Like, do, you, do you play yours predominantly handheld or docked? Yeah, definitely. I think I definitely play it more handheld. Or like, you know, like for example, when I was even when I was playing Monster Hunter, I didn't even have it hooked up. To, like, even though I was at home, obviously coronavirus. Um, you know, I would just lie on my bed and play Monster Hunter, even though I'd be wearing my headset so I could talk to my friends over Discord. But you don't have to say coronavirus in whispered tones. We're all aware of it. Coronavirus. <laughs> it's not a secret. It's, no, it's it's very it's, it's very secret, Clark. Don't oh, tell. Okay. Don't yeah. tell it's anyone. Not. But oh, it's there's... like everyone's getting their vaccinations now, and suddenly everyone's getting 5G. Yeah, uh... Coincidence? <laughs> oh, God, don't start that one. Don't start this. Hey, um... I'm old. I'm allowed to have conspiracy theories. That's my whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you got your conspiracy pass. That's uh, when you're up. Yeah, I'm allowed to I'm old. Yeah, That's what yeah. we do. We, we get old and crotchety, and we start believing in stupid things like flat earth and uh, anti-vax. And what's the other one that's the big popular one at the moment? Mm. 
Flat Earth? I don't know. No, there's it? a third one that's going around that's really got people... Oh, QAnon, that oh, whole thing. Oh, God. Oh. Okay, I don't, oh. I don't want to talk about QAnon. We're not, we're not talking about right. that. But anyway, <laughs> um, so ridiculous. Uh, we've got one other thing here. Oh, uh, I guess since we're talking about the Switch, we might as well talk about it now. But um, obviously, Switch, uh, the Switch sales were at like 85 million units sold, right? Total. Not yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, to- yeah total, total, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then... Um, la- but that means that basically last year was like Nintendo's biggest year for profit. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't just the Switch that caused that, but it was in fact because Animal Crossing yeah. did a huge chunk of that. Um, but yeah, so last year was was Nintendo's biggest ever profit year, and that's understanding this company is like a hundred and twenty something years old. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Like, I, I mean, it's a sort of just a result of the circumstances, right? You know, yeah. you know, I think obviously COVID keeping everybody inside gaming the gaming industry in general i think was like a massive boom right and it's not a surprise to me that nintendo basically you know made a massive profit from 2020 and you know the huge hit that like animal crossing was and you know uh, also stuff like ring fit right like i remember there was the big craze last year about ring fit and it was like impossible to buy one because everyone was like oh i need to do some you know exercise indoors now and people were looking to Ring Fit for the solution. It was almost like, oh, you know... So I'm looking at the results now, and Ring Fit isn't actually mentioned in the results. Wow, oh, really? Oh, no, actually, no, yes, it is. Sorry, it's right yeah. at the bottom. Uh, boosted by demand for indoor exercise, uh, opportunities during lockdown pr- pr- prompted by the pandemic, shifted 7.38 million units last year. How does it shift 7.38 million? Oh, yes, uh, because... Never mind. Um, <laughs> bringing the total to 10.1 million, which is how much they sold for Ring Fit, which is not bad in a year. Mm. Most games companies don't sell that in five years. Yeah, especially for um, something with a peripheral, right? You know, like... Yeah, it's, with something with such a high price point as well, because it was like £80 or £70 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get that big plastic ring around your waist, and everyone kept getting it stuck around their waist, because they... <laughs> yeah, that went viral. That was a thing. Oh, um, so Super Mario 3D All-Stars sold 9 million units, which is pretty impressive, but that weird marketing campaign they had behind that... Yeah. Probably the reason why. Um, 3D World and Bowser's Fury, uh, 5.6 million units, which is a good start for any game. Um, and then, of course, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which shifted 20.9 million units in the last year, yep. bringing its lifetime sales to 32.6 million units. These are ridiculous numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, looking at Mario Kart 8 Deluxe since launch, they've sold 35.4 million since the game launched on with the. I think it was launched alongside the Switch, mm. um, which is not bad. Like Animal Crossing sold 32.6 million, and Mario Kart has sold so far 35.4. That is, that says a lot for the future of Animal Crossing, if you ask me. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think we're going to see more out of that franchise, and hopefully we'll see another Mario Kart at some point soon. Please, Nintendo, just give us some DLC for that game, <laughs> if you're listening, which I know you are. Mario, if you can hear me. Luigi, if you're there. Doug uh, Bowser. Yeah, there's something. So, this isn't a news article, but it's something from a few weeks ago. Did, did you read about the Mario Lego? I Okay, so I haven't read any news articles recently about it, but I know of the Mario Lego, that like the crossover thing they did. And they made yeah, the, but the, yeah. The, the more recent story that happened recently. No, what happened? So, um, this Lego uh, has got, like, it, you, you can update it, and you can download stuff, and it plays sound effects and whatever, oh. uh, and then you can plug it into your internet, and it will download and update. It's really weird that we're now in a world where Lego can have patches and whatnot. Um, but what it does, it calls out and, and they have sound effects and it, it says things like, it's me, Mario, and all that. Like, yeah. Sorry to any Italian people listening. I'm so sorry that my accent is awful. Um, and, and so what it did recently, it downloaded an update and it started to randomly call out for Luigi. So it started to go like, Luigi, Luigi, 
Luigi, like that. That sounds because... kind of creepy. But... Yeah, because they were about to announce a Luigi, then they've just announced it, a Luigi Lego pack. So it's sort That's... of like a cross-marketing campaign to get people to buy that Lego. Kind of that. Uh, okay. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird. weird. Like yeah. I want to say it's cool. It's also kind of you know weird. I guess you know from like an intrigue point of view, like a mystery kind of thing. That's very cool. From like a, a marketing physical products that have like a you download an update for a physical product that then advertises the new thing that's coming out. Yeah, that's kind of kind of weird. weird. It's a bit weird. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not defend that. I think it's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean novel idea, I guess. I mean I say it's a novel idea, but I'm probably I'm sure there's probably gonna be something like I don't know, it's probably some kind of stupid thing where it's like Alexa downloads an update and then, you know, sells you on like the new Alexa. But I guess this is more thematically interesting in terms of like Mario is looking for his brother Luigi, but there is no Luigi Lego. Yeah, I think it's yes. more of it. Like this is going at kids now. Yeah, and like that—that that is also a bit weird. The fact that but, it's like you know a kids' toy that is like marketing. No, yeah, no. but toys have always always had products and and like cross promotion and stuff that kind of targets kids and it makes them want the next thing. Like Barbie's Dream House, everyone wants all the little accessories and stuff that comes with it. Uh, Action Man, everyone wants all the bits and pieces that come with that as well. Mm. It's not a new thing. It's just a bit weird that it's a bit blatant now. Yeah. Um, but no, I just thought that was interesting. It was something I saw recently. In fact, I think I heard about it on another podcast. Mm. Um, and it, it just prompted me to go and take a look at it because I, you know, I've listened to so many damn podcasts now. I'd like my podcast. <laughs> rotation at the moment is ridiculous yeah i'm listening to so many of them <laughs> to the point where i've run out like oh I've, I've, yeah I've, i haven't got enough I, I did come across a new one actually recently called annual pass mm-hmm. and it's part of the rooster teeth group and what they do is um it, sorry about the dog barking in the background the next door neighbor can't apparently control their dog can you hear it uh it's coming through a little bit but it's fine okay well it's fine it's 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 fine um so this annual pass podcast is uh rooster, rooster teeth um, and they, they talk about like a different theme park ride every week, oh. which is kind of cool. Like they talk about the history of it, how it got to where it was, like some of the mysteries and weirdness behind it. Like there's, there's a lot of, um, so you, you know, the concept of like people don't die at Disneyland. Have you ever heard of this concept? Uh, no, but I can use my imagination, but well, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. It's the Disney corporation claiming that no one ever dies at Disneyland. Like the, there are no recorded deaths, but there are. What they do is they they take the bodies out of Disneyland and then record the desk outside, uh, the death outside. So it, it's not registered as like someone died on this ride or someone died in the castle or whatever. People have heart attacks all the time. Old people go to Disneyland all the time. You put those two things together, absolutely, people are going to be passing away in the park. It's a sad thing, but that's what happens. Um, and they kind of explore those concepts and talk about how Disney handles those concepts. It's, it's super interesting. I've really been enjoying it. It's um, it's hosted by, um, and I'm really sorry if I murder your name now. I think it's Jack Petrello, his name is, mm. and um, Jeff Ramsey. Yeah. Um, and it's super good. Like I would highly, highly recommend our listeners check that out because I've been enjoying that. That's a cool concept. Um, yeah, it's a cool concept. And the, the, the Rooster Teeth kind of ethos itself has got some really cool like little podcasts in it, which I like to listen to. I've totally tried sidetracked us off the news, though. Um, um, done a really good job there. Where yeah, are we fine. on uh, Going we'll, back, we'll move on from Nintendo. We'll we've still got the um, so you put here Google Stadia controller thing. What's that? Yeah, come on, you know, you go ahead. What is that? Come on. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, the Google Stadia controller. Uh, it's yeah. uh, you, it has negative lag, you know, or something. Well, okay, so 
Google Stadia is a platform that's supposed to be hardware free. Like yep. You're not supposed to have a hardware requirement for this platform. But what is the one thing you need to use Google Stadia? Controller. A controller. So what they've actually done is they've set it up now so that instead of having to have a Chromecast and all that kind of bits and pieces, you can just use your phone to connect a controller to your phone. So right. the phone then connects to the Google Stadia platform and you control the game in that way. Initially when I read it, I thought they just connected the phone up to the thing and I was like, everyone hates using phones as controllers. No one likes that. Yeah. But it's actually using the phone as like the almost like the Bluetooth dongle. Right, okay. Which I think is really cool, because Stadia is one of those things that's really struggling with its identity. Mm. It's, it's, it's a monumental platform. Like, it's, it's incredible. But that, that they don't know what they are, and they don't know what it is. Right. And they're really struggling to get people to understand what it is. Uh, and I think this is a step in the right direction for them, quite a big step in the right so, direction, in fact. So just for clarity, like, so you're saying that you hook up the controller to your mobile device, right? Um, yeah, whichever way you do it, like um, wirelessly, usually. So yeah, yeah. So, but does that mean that you're then using the mobile device as like the screen for your game, or you're saying like yeah. you then hook up your mobile device to like a screen? You can use the screen for the game because Stadia goes on your phone as well. But yeah. The idea being is if you're playing on your TV, you just have your phone nearby. The controller connects to the phone, which then connects to the Stadia system. Right. Okay. I see so what you mean. You see there's no hardware. Well, I mean, the hardware requirement would be your phone, but everyone has a smartphone. I mean, it was yeah. quite famously stated a few years ago, do you not have phones? Yes, everyone has a phone. <laughs> <laughs> I can take the piss out of that now. Yep. Like, I'm perfectly allowed to because I'm no longer associated with that company. Mm. But, um, but yeah, so I think that's a really cool idea. Like That's a really good solution for something that is quite a heavy blocker for that product. Yeah, that, that is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought it was worth mentioning. It was something that I spotted in the news, and I thought you'd be interested to hear that. Oh, ah, yeah. I think that's a novel. That's a pretty good solution. And obviously, yeah, like, uh, it means that, yeah, you just have, you can probably hook up as long as you have a Stadia supported device. You know, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see like, what the latency is like, but I mean, I'm sure, like, playing the right kinds of games on Stadia, and obviously, I think we've talked about this in the past with, like, streaming and stuff. I've not tried any of it myself in terms of, like, streaming games with a, with a thing like Stadia or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to see if that adds more latency or if it's, like, actually okay. Uh, that, that was the first question that one of my friends asked me about it. Like, I wonder what the latency is like. And I was like, I didn't think of that, but mm. Mm, I don't. I think you're already using a streaming service, so there's already latency. Yeah, exactly. And if right. it's connecting, if it's connecting to the back end service, I can't imagine it would be very restrictive. Mm. I think it would, it should, because Google are pretty good at getting this tech right. They're just not very good at making it clear what it can do. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel quite confident about this. I feel like there's something here. Yeah, I think that's um, that's, a, that's a cool solution. I think. And we might actually see this as the year of Stadia finally. Maybe. We'll see. Because uh, we're also looking at how. Uh, consoles and stuff are going to exist moving forward because now we've got a physical chip shortage affecting people being able to get these consoles and Sony announcing as well that they don't think the chip shortages are going to change until next year. That is a very good point, Clark. Yeah, we we literally have like a high restriction of getting people onto these platforms. So I think this is going to be the year of the streaming service mm. for gaming. Again, sorry for the dog barking. The guy, the, the dog is going absolutely oh, bonkers. It's now, cool, so. It's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, that's some that's some detective work, right? Or at least some. So that's a nice hypothesis uh, of being like thought, you know. Just a thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? That's uh, mm. no down. Did you did, did did you just say? Uh, sorry, I thought I just heard you say. Has there been any updates on Dreamworld, our favorite Kickstarter? <laughs> did you say that? I heard, did, did you say what you said? Uh, let me, sorry. Let me just scrub back through the timeline. Um. Oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, there. Uh, yeah, 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 I did say. Uh, oh, hey, I'll just re repeat the sound clip for you. Um, 
Oh, Clark, have you heard any updates on Dreamworld, our favourite Kickstarter? Great question, Oliver. I really thank, thank, thank you for asking that. Like, I'm glad you did. Because there <laughs> have been some updates on our favourite uh, Kickstarter. Um, it has gone mega viral. Like everyone really? is picking up on this now. There's so many different uh, groups are picking up on it. There's there's so much deep diving going on. Um, people are now looking into the guy's past and starting to dig out all of his lies. And uh, there's a couple of a few of the prominent streamers that we've been talking about the last time we talked about this mm. have now outlined all the stuff that he lies about. Right. And he's just like a, a like a a serial liar to the point where he's they've now uncovered hidden videos of him on YouTube that he's posted unlisted talking about how he's going to deliver these other products that don't exist. Mm. Like <laughs> it just gets worse and worse and worse. Every time I read about this stupid ass thing, Jeez. um, and I, I just, it, yeah. So that's the only update really, but the, it, it's just gone viral. Is yeah. What's happened. Yeah. It, it's been picked. It's finally been picked up by the big news and everyone's now starting to talk about this massive scam yeah. for, for our listeners. Again, we say this every time we talk about it, please do not participate in any part in that, in that campaign. The, uh, the dream, Dream world. With the dream world. I keep getting it mixed up with the other thing, but it's not that. Um, with the dream world Kickstarter, please don't get mixed up in it because it is a scam, full and full. Yeah. It will never exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was the update on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm glad the the bullshit's being caught out, like being called out, right? Uh, yeah, it's being caught and it's being handled, which is nice. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. So uh, that's that. There you go. So uh, then we've so recently Epic uh, posted, or at least I don't know if this was leaked or if it was published, but basically they gave out some numbers on the costs of what it was to pay for their games that they were giving away for free each week, and it was a lot of money. I think it was. I don't know. Uh, you know what? Before I quote something and say like something incorrect, I'm going to go check just very quickly. Well, I can tell you, it was Super Meat Boy cost $50,000. Yeah. Uh, that's how much they paid for Super Meat Boy, but they paid $1.4 million to get Subnautica. Mm. Uh, $75,000 for Mutant Year Zero, and it was $63,000 for um, for Honor. Mm. Oh, and Bat Batman Arkham, the series, was $1.5 million. Uh, but that wow. is mental. I did not think the numbers were going to be anywhere close to that, but that is insane. Yeah. I, that is an expensive amount of money for something that we thought was turning a profit, but actually may not have been. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a. I mean it's. I mean it, you can basically, you know, uh, the weird thing you can think about. Uh, I'm working in the mobile games industry, but I guess this is like applying the same idea to a different industry. This is basically user acquisition. They're paying for user acquisition, right? Yeah, um, they're paying for users. Yeah, 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 which is kind of crazy when you view it in that way at least for me uh, standard um, behavior in mobile games yeah very standard behavior mm -hmm. in mobile games but um i'm trying to find out like the total cost like that i mean i could do them oh wait never mind here we go nearly 12 million dollars on nabbing 38 games to release for free in the first nine months of the epic game store's life <laughs> I've, I've got the full article on my screen yeah i'm, I'm looking at it at the moment I've learned over the past few months of doing the Sunfire Tavern that it's a very good idea to have all the research on the screen ready to go because you, when yeah, you ask questions, generally. I'm like, aha, I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, that is crazy, right? It's insane. Like, yeah. But... but all that's done now is, is publicly shown this is how the back end of games actually work. Like, this is what's going on. Mm. In all this niceness and stuff where, you know, you're playing a video game and having a bit of fun, this is what's actually going on. Yeah. Like, this is the behaviors. This is the the money process. This is why the games make so much money, but also cost so much money. Mm. Um, but it's interesting I, that, that this information is coming to light for people. 
I mean, I'm going to be honest that, like, in the sense that as long as the developers are being paid you know, a fair sum of money for what they're off being offered, and they feel it's fair, and also that, you know, I think it's, you know, that these users or these people are receiving, you know, free entertainment, essentially. I think this is, it's pretty good. You know, people are getting free games, they're getting free entertainment that's being paid for, and that the developers, the creators of these games are getting supported in a way that maybe they wouldn't have before or you know like more people are being able to experience their games that would have ne initially had like a barrier to entry on them you know so i think that's very cool um you know obviously user acquisition and marketing is you know you can have different arguments and probably see into like a darker side of that but you know i'm gonna stay with the positive and say like, i think it's pretty cool yeah. That's the problem is I do see into the dark side of it because yeah. I've worked in marketing for so long. It's, it's, <laughs> I think that's it's fair, really but... jaded me. Yeah, I was, I was actually looking at my LinkedIn profile saying I was like, holy crap, I've been in marketing for a lot longer than I thought I had. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Not that I was looking to change jobs or anything. I've actually just posted my – because I'm hiring for two roles in my current role. So I'm, I'm going to be getting minions. I'm very excited. Wow. I'm going to be in charge of people. There you go. Um, so I just posted my job stay, and they're now live on LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. And mm. we've already got people applying. I've actually had more nice. emails from that than we've had at the Sunfire Tower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair. All right. I'm going to utilize the two things and start boosting our email thing through using our job posts. Oh, nice, so nice, gonna, yeah. yeah. You can you can apply for this job through emailing at sunfiretavern yeah, 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 yeah. at gmail. That's the only way. Episodes first. Yeah, and subscribe to our Patreon. That's what the interview will be. It will just be me and you, and we'll bring them on the podcast as yeah, the interview. <laughs> That would be a really cool, I mean, horrible idea, but a really cool idea to listen to people like go through job interviews. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, sure. Maybe not. Let's get me off that front of thought. Cut, that's a stupid cut, idea. Cut, cut, that, cut that from the podcast. Cut, that cut, that, cut that from the podcast. That's, that's our idea. We've, we've um, trademarked it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Ollie, what are your favorite gaming challenges? E.g. Nuzlocke, No Hit, Run, etc. Close brackets. Ah, uh, yes, Clark. Thank you for bringing just up the topic of favorite game. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> So... One thing I didn't say that I've been playing and watching, which I've now been reminded because of this, is that I actually started playing Pokemon, and I haven't played a Pokemon game since like Crystal, and that was like I'm playing it too. That was like 15 years ago or something, right? Like even longer mm -hmm. than that probably. And that was the last Pokemon game I properly played. But my friends uh, at the Sleepy Stream were like, "Ollie, you should play a Pokemon game, and you should do a Nuzlocke run." Wait, and I've watched a Nuzlocke. No, 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 Nuzlocke. The where? The, oh, sleepy, the sleepy stream. stream. That's just like, you know, it's just me and my friends is what we call the thing when uh, it's just very late at night and they just watch me play video games. But oh, is it your cool, edgy name for yourselves? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, the, that's our cool, edgy name. Yeah. Anyway, the yes, the Sleepy Stream. Um, anyway, so uh, I play, so I've been playing through Pokemon Emerald, I think it is. Okay. Yeah, Emerald. On which, which platform? Uh, GBA. So, so emulator or yeah yeah physical? it's emula emulated yeah, okay, yeah. that's so, fine I mean it's a so, super old game okay. yeah I've not I've not played I have not played a Pokemon game in a while so I'm kind of going in blind but still using the Nuzlocke uh, run rules and it's been kind of cool it's been interesting I really wanted to catch a Lotad and I couldn't catch a Lotad and that made me sad but um, do you care for our listeners just to explain very briefly what Nuzlocke is oh yeah. I know what it is but uh, just in case they don't know as far <laughs> as I'm aware these are the rules that I'm following through you can only catch one Pokemon per, like, named area, and it has to be the first Pokemon you come across, right? You're going into deep Nuzlocke, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, like... the, the initial rule is that you can only play with Pokemon that you catch, that's it. You, oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't rearrange them, they stay in the order, um, and if they die, you have to release them. 
Yes. And yeah, that, that's yeah. the Nuzlocke. So, so not, yeah, and, and you have to name the Pokemon that you catch, and if they die, that you know, if they faint in battle, you have to, yeah, you have to release them. So it's kind of like permadeath. It's almost like yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It, um, it becomes a roguelike, effectively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's been pretty interesting. It's been pretty cool. Uh, at it's least really it's fun to play. Like, yeah. Nuzlocke is really fun. Yeah, it adds like an extra element of like, I guess, yeah, challenge to the game, or you know, like an extra sort of like um, tenseness. You know, kind of thing. Even though it's like enforced yourself, but I think that's a. I think it's been it's been really cool to experience that. And I wanted to ask, you know, from watching them or hearing about them or anything like that. Like, you know, do you have any like favorite sort of like self-enforced challenges? I guess you've you've seen from like games. So uh, I you I don't really do it anymore because I just don't really have the patience for it anymore. Mm. Uh, like I like to play games in a more relaxed way. But yeah. when I do go for the challenges, I do perfect jump runs in Crash Bandicoot. Oh so wow! You have to hold forwards the entire time or hold right the entire time. You mm. can't stop. Yeah. And you have to, you have to go in one life. Like you can't revive. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of fun. Um, Doing the as many stars in one run as possible in Odyssey in Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, not stars, sorry, moons. Moons, yeah. Um, so like, how many single moons can you collect in one zone at once? Mm. Like, how many can you collect up before you have to rezone or change areas or whatever? That that's kind of fun. Uh, but it, it's not particularly something I really do. Like, I don't really do game challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but of them, I tend to just do the simple ones like speed runs and timed runs yeah. and that kind of thing. The, uh, what about yourself? The Crash Bandicoot one's really interesting. I mean, it reminds me of, like, I, do, I played a racing game um, called, uh, what was it? Well, there was Trackmania and another one called Nitronic Rush, and it was called, it's kind of like, it's not really a challenge, but it's kind of like, you could complete the levels by always holding down the accelerate key, and you never let oh, go. No break yeah, yeah, no like, break. No, yeah, like, yeah. no breaks kind of thing. And I think those are really, those are really interesting challenges, and also yeah, really they're... fun, like, way to play the game. That's also how I play Mario Kart. I yeah. never let go of Accelerate because no one does. What's the point? <laughs> the point where they've now automated Accelerate, so you can turn a mode on that just accelerates for you. Well, there you go, yeah. I guess because... that's a challenge in itself, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, like, like I don't know if you've got more to say on that at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, on YouTube, obviously, you've got loads and loads of these crazy challenge runs that I, like, love watching. You know, like, you know, you've got, like, there's that no-hit, um, no hit Soulsborne run that someone did where they played through every Dark Souls game and Bloodborne without getting hit and if they get hit once they have to like in any of the games they get hit once they have to go right back to the beginning of like you know playing through like Dark Souls 1 again essentially and I feel like those challenges are you know they're almost like um, masochistic I guess in a way but like you know the, like but but like you know the sense of achievement i guess or like you know it shows that like, complete mastery of something and i guess for me i have like you know i love that i i i mastery is one of my main motivators when it comes to like playing games so i think yeah i think they're great and then you have even more so there's like the creative ones like have you ever seen like these minecraft these random like minecraft challenges like i watched a video recently uh, a friend showed me where someone went to the nether in Minecraft and recreated the original starting biome, but in the nether. And in order to do that, yeah, and, and, and to make it even more difficult, they did it in the middle of a lava pit. So they actually had to, like, and also they were on a hardcore, um, a hardcore server. So if they die, like, that's it, the, they, they reset, right? So they had to dig out, like, a pit of lava 
using like sand and then drain all the lava out of it and then they brought all of like the grass blocks and everything and basically recreate and made it look like you know you were just in the starting biome of minecraft but you know you actually dig out of it and you're in the nether which i thought was like crazy it's like why would you do that but also, I can't handle that. It's too much for me. It's so cool. But also, what like you know, like and he said, and, you know, I, the video is like half an hour on YouTube. You should check it out. Um, but you know, it apparently took him like twenty hours to do. It's like that's a lot. That's that's dedication. Like twenty hours game time to do that. Real dedication. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it's just super cool. I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm sure it paid off because the videos got like millions of views. But you know. Like I think that's really cool. Like these kind of like self, these kind of like gaming challenges where you know you 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 look at it initially and you're like, why? But then you watch the half an hour and it's like fascinating. <laughs> you know, it's all the concept of games done quick, isn't it? Like hmm. there's a whole there's a whole event around it. Yeah. Like, there's a super famous uh, video of uh, a guy playing Tombi and then this this guy sitting next to him trying to like talk but mm. also being really irritating have you seen the video no oh that, yeah 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 i've seen it yeah yeah, yeah. really awkward yeah um, super awkward yeah but but that that kind of stuff has, has come out of this idea of just doing like nuzlocking or speed runs or stuff and now there's like a whole almost like an industry around it i mean there's there's yeah. a there's, there's a con around it so not not a, like a games con around it is what i'm saying mm. uh, which is cool like yeah so that's cool yeah super cool you know so this is it on the Sunfire Tavern. Uh, the next, uh, we're we're gonna announce that Clark will be participating in a uh, Dark Souls playthrough where he will be playing only with the DDR map. So, Wait, because this is also my last episode of the Sunfire Tavern, because I'll be moving on to another podcast that I'm going to create myself. Wow. It doesn't include Ollie. It's oh, called that's... the No Dark Souls Run podcast. <laughs> Tune in next week. It's going to be lovely. Fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I guess yeah. you, you you also mentioned on the on the agenda nostalgia for arcades. Yeah, so I just, I don't know. Just recently, I've been thinking about it. Um, been thinking about arcades, and I used to always go to them when I was a kid. Uh, my I have played probably you know hundreds of hours of Time Crisis. I don't even want to know. I don't. I don't even want to think about how much how like how much money I've spent on Time Crisis arcade machines. But like, It'd be way more than it costs to buy the game. Yeah. Oh. God probably paid for that machine myself like several times over. Yeah, yeah. over my lifetime. I, I pumped hundreds of pounds into time. Although, then again, I say that I didn't pump much money into it because we used to have a key. Um, I used to work at the Mega Bowl. Oh and wow! In doing so, we all got these little keys that allowed us to pop open the machines, and some of us <sighs> you were may have one kept of keys. You were one of those cool people. Yeah, you know? we were cool people that could turn, that could credit them, like open a little thing, press a little button, and add credits. Oh, that was uh... me. Yeah. Oh, but but I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not ashamed of it. That was great. <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't know. I've just been, you know, thinking about arcades and reading about a lot of stories of people like at arcades, like fighting game community sort of things at arcades, and you know how you'd meet people. That's how you'd like meet people to play like these old school fighting games with because you didn't have online. You know, you'd have to go there and. Well, you should stand behind people watching them on the machines, and then you'd talk and stuff afterwards. Yeah, exactly right, and you know, it's also kind of a spectacle, right? You know, you go to an arcade. You, I mean, I still like occasionally before coronavirus and. Hopefully, I will go when you know it, it dies down. You know, I used to go to the Las Vegas arcade in in uh, Soho, and you know, you just see the people playing DDR, and they're just crazy. You know, like perform, like almost like a performance kind of thing. And I think it's just so cool to just like see you know these. I guess it's kind of like you know, like it's almost like a it's a place for gamers to 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 sort of amalgamate, right? And you know, like group together. Well, 
So we used to go to one in Paris, and it was like a traditional arcade with loads of old machines and some new machines in there as well. Mm. And you, have you seen the one where you have to smack the mallet on the ground and, and make the thing go bing, like, like the strength test? Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I would literally give my left leg to get this video of, of what happened here, because one of my friends who was quite klutzy and quite accident prone, mm. he lined up for it, giving it all the big and that he was going to be super strong and, and do it. He smacked it and it immediately rebounded back and smashed him in the face oh and knocked him on his God. ass, like knocked him flying. I, I have never laughed so hard or so long in my life. Like, I was crying. Oh I was laughing that God. much. It was it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I would genuinely give my leg to see that again. Mm. Uh, so if anyone out there listening to Sunfire Tavern has that video, please get in touch. Oh I, I really want that video back. But yeah, um, like... but no, no, just... no, talking about arcades in general, they really were a great space. That is something that that existed for such a short space of time because mm. we're probably never going to see them again the only place they really exist now is in japan yeah exactly right and yeah I it's guess, a shame yeah even in, even in like korea and stuff i think uh arcades are not doing so great but like you know in japan they're still a huge i guess it's like a cultural thing almost it, but, it's yeah. also like it's a tourist thing as well yeah to go to sure. the, the arcade streets and all that kind of stuff mm. um but no i don't think we're ever going to see them make a comeback because there's no need for them to make a comeback yeah it's a shame man oh, yeah. i don't know i just had yeah, a lot of right. nostalgia for them the, well, the nostalgia, the nostalgia factor is, is massive for those things. Yeah. And I'm glad that I got to grow up in a time when we got to experience that, because that was something very unique. Yeah, I remember um, when I was, like, super young, it was called, like, Trocadero in London before it uh, shut down. It was, like, a massive two floors of arcade machines. And right. I was the too... World yeah, I was too... I was too young to really go there a lot, you know, uh, growing up. But, you know, the times I did get to go there, it was kind of like this magical, wonderful place kind of thing. And then, yeah, sadly... <laughs> disappeared but um yeah uh that's just a random topic just, just bringing no, up it's, it's a good topic because yeah. it's it, it's something that doesn't exist anymore and well doesn't really exist anymore and it's a shame because I, I enjoyed arcades i thought they were good yeah and also i'd i'd like to if i have a lot of disposable mo income i'd probably buy like a time crisis 2 machine because uh actually I, I don't know if i prefer time crisis 2 or time crisis 3 it would absolutely be a daytona usa 4 or 8 oh, player machine what like, without... game Without yes. even a side thought, I would immediately buy that because that was oh. When, whenever I go into an arcade and I hear that that Daytona. music, that Daytona thing, yeah, it just it it sets me off. Like, yeah. I, I God, for anyone for anyone of our, our younger listeners, there was this arcade machine that was like Sega's original kind of attempt at a racing game. That was an arcade game, and it was a four or eight player arcade game, and you just went around like a, an oval track to this theme tune. And it was just brilliant. It was it was such a great arcade racer. Uh, and they added this thing where it would take a photo of you and put your photo oh, yeah. across your car. So you could see it and everyone would pull like stupid faces and stuff. And then they reacted to that so they made it animated. So you could pull like, like it would make you take a picture of doing an angry face or a happy face. And then if you were in the lead, it would put the happy face up and then it would make you taunt them as well. Mm. It, was, it was just brilliant. It was so good. Oh, I would absolutely have that in my basement of my mansion. Um, yeah, but yeah, so sure. sidetrack. Well, it's not really a sidetrack. That's that's a very valid yeah. point, I think. All right. <laughs> uh, just being aware of time, so I w I do want to get. So I want to get to this uh, sort of the question, our email question, uh, because I think it's actually quite a. It's a really good question, and I want to spend some time talking about it. I'm, I'm very excited to have so. someone write an email. I'm literally sitting here right now, like you know that meme where it's like, "What are you thinking about?" I don't know <laughs> war stuff. What do you, that's me right now sitting there like that. All right, so I'll read out this. So our first ever question for the Sunfire Tavern is from uh, Cameron, and he says, "Esteemed proprietors of the Sunfire Tavern, what are your thoughts on maintaining regular gaming sessions with friends? 
Particularly, we have varying amounts of time for games. Most of the time, most of the games I see attracting regular multiplayer play are ranked team games such as League of Legends, Valorant, Fortnite, Apex, etc., uh, AoE2, etc. But by being ranked or competitive, there's often a skill gap, and in my opinion, just a difference in time committed to the game, and so a pressure to catch up to playing as much as your teammates to get to a similar skill level. There are there are games that aren't competitive versus other humans that come to mind, generally PVE, co-op, sandbox games. Do you guys have any suggestions? Um, and then also, finishes off with, I've also realized it's sometimes more enjoyable to play 1v1 versus a friend rather than 2v2 against random people. And playing 1v1 against a friend of similar skill of experience can feel like playing some sort of sport with a friend on the weekend. Even though you're like competing against each other, it's still pretty casual. But I guess this requires finding a game where you have similar experience. And then he says, great job on the podcast from Cameron. So yeah, that's a that's a really good question, I think, in terms of it like, is. and and thank you for taking the time to write it, Cameron. It's much appreciated. Yeah, so I guess you know I have a lot of experience playing these multiplayer, playing a lot of competitive games with friends. Um, you know, yeah, literally some of the games that he wrote in about like League of Legends, Valorant, stuff like that. Um, and that yeah, the skill gap does make it difficult to sometimes play with friends, like because you'll get into a serious situation where you get match made with like people who. You know, you you'll be experienced. Let's say you're like, you know, uh, mid mid level, and your friend is new. But then when you go into matchmaking, you'll get put against other players of like, you know, mid level, maybe with one new player. But depending on the way the game is designed, like League of Legends, for example, because it's kind of like you still have separate game experiences to start with because of laning phases. It means that you know your friend kind of has a bad experience because they just kind of get destroyed by all the like more, you know, knowledgeable players. And then it's just not fun for them, right? And I think it's a big problem. And I'm not really sure how to solve it in terms of like competitive games or like, you know, trying to get people into games and having them learn with you. I don't know. It's almost like, you know, and I guess it depends what you're doing, right? Because like if you're trying to play like a cat, like play it casually, then like, I guess that's the thing. If your mentality is kind of, oh, we're just having fun playing a casual game and I don't care about losing and just kind of learning the game and having fun, then it's fine. You can do whatever you want. But then it's like, when it comes to a more competitive thing and if you take losing very negatively, then it's almost like, you know, do you want to kind of, instead of playing with them in the game, you know, you could coach them, for example, if that was something that your friend could be interested in, that like you kind of like watch them and you kind of sit there and then just like talk about the game and talk through what they're doing. And that could be a way for them to learn if they want, if they wanted to learn the game. Um, but also just, you know, in terms of not playing competitive games, I think there's like pretty good like PVE, like literally what Cameron said, like PVE co-op sandbox games and some of the ones I'd suggest, like, I know Clark, you've been playing a bunch with, with your, with your friend group, right? Like, you know, so... Yeah, yeah, Sea of Thieves. Example there. Yeah, yeah, like Sea of Thieves. That's a great uh, sort of like. Well, I mean, to to answer on that point, sorry, um, just to jump in. Yeah. Sea of Thieves is one of the reasons. Uh, it is one of the games that we've chosen because we do have a world uh, skill variant. Mm. So, um, one of us is very good at PvP. Uh, one of us is great at PVE stuff, and the other one is great at like um, kind of hybriding what's going on. Yeah. Um, and as a result, we found we sat, we found Sea of Thieves because there isn't really that high competitive element unless you come up against a really skilled player who tries to sink your ship. Um, but my my other point on that would be Overwatch, um, which I think has really got a good handle on skill variants because there's enough characters in that game that allow you to be crap or great and play with people who are the opposite end of that scale. Mm. Like you can be a good Genji playing with a bad Mercy, and the Mercy can still heal you and, right. and be effective you know yeah 
Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think in in I mean to answer the question in, in in a short way, I would probably say Overwatch and Sea of Thieves are the ones that we go to for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just because I don't like being I don't like playing with people who are like wildly variant in skill levels because I feel like they're probably not having a good time. Yeah. Which is a you know a key part of playing video games, isn't it? Is making sure everyone's having a good time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I th- I think for me the kind of games that I would suggest are like these. Um, I think like co-op kind of like almost like survivally games. I, I don't think they're really survival, but I think games such as like Minecraft, I think is a really great and accessible game for like a lot of people to play at once as well. Like co-op thing. You can all be doing your own thing at e- the same time. Exactly yeah. right. So you can break off into like smaller groups and stuff like that. Uh, in the same vein, Terraria is also great. Um, you know these these games with like you know PV, PV focused and with some sense of progression, so at least you feel like you're moving forward. You run you run into other issues to do with like when not everyone in your group can play at the same time, and then you kind of fall behind. I guess it's similar to like the skill gap thing, but in terms of and a time investment. But you know, I guess that's like a thing of making sure that you only play with your with your friends when everyone is there. I guess which has other problems. But um, I guess other. You know, you can play like there's there's some games like Tricky Towers. There's like you know competitive games where you're playing it to your friends, where you know it's low is low key like less stressful. There's another game called Pummel Party, which is like an online Mario Party. I'd recommend that. Um, there's also like f- Cake Party. Cake. I, I've I've seen ads for it, but I've not played not, it. Not particularly fun, but it is very cute. Like yeah, it, it, it I, looks good. I like the art style. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what it is. It's just outside of the game that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another another um, another great one. I mean, yeah, like Mario. They, any kind of like Mario Party, like party games, I think is always going to be a fun game to play with friends. Like, especially cool. if you can kind of get everyone to like a similar, you know, kind of like just it's like a casual chill game, right? That everyone plays, they can jump on, right? I think Mario Kart would be a good one as well because Mario Kart does have a lot of catch up mechanics in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, which which is good for playing. I mean, there are some people that will you'll play against and you'll never see them because they're so far ahead. Yeah, but it it does a good job of keeping you at least close to the pack, mm, for sure. Yeah, it's a great question. Like you could probably spend a whole episode talking about just that question. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's a very big. There's a very wide range of different yeah play styles and different games. Uh, that you know that fit into lots of different niches. And I just say like, kind of. You don't always have to play like these really high skill competitive games because those are generally the more popular ones, or the ones that you see a lot, and the ones that obviously the people who have invested the most time into are going to sell to you, right? You know, um, so but there are always going to be options of other games which are like way more, way less stressful and way more casual, but are still like an engaging experience that you can play with friends. I think, um, but yeah, I mean we. Sh- suggested a few um and then also yeah uh, i guess on the final note just a short thing on that is like saying like yeah i mean if you're playing from a learning experience and you're someone who doesn't mind um you know teaching someone or doesn't mind playing against a player of a sort of like in quotation marks lower skill than you because you can always learn when you're playing a game like you can you know when for so for example uh, from my experience, if I'm playing Tekken with someone who's like of like maybe not at the same skill level as me, instead of just like you know doing like my kind of like normal brain dead, you know like I'm just gonna kill the- like I'm trying I'm not playing to win right I'm playing to I'm to get something out of the experience. I'll like teach them something if that's what they want, or you know I'll play a character that I've not normally played with before because I'm trying to learn that character or I'll do like the try and try and go for like the super hard combos like the things that like I normally drop in like a game so then you know at least I'm still getting something out of that experience of playing with someone so I think you're sort of challenging yourself to make it more difficult yeah. While also allowing the other person to have a good time, that's a really good answer. That yeah, exactly sense. right. So, so there's always a thing that you can do, and it's not just like you know, 
I, I feel like with competitive games, people get really, really worked up on like, oh, it's just about winning and losing. And it's like, not really about that. It's more about the way that you play the game and, you know, the things that you can learn and what you can get out of it. And also, at the end of the day, you know, it is a video game and you're playing for fun, right? You, you, you know, you shitting on your friend is not a fun experience for either of you, you know, kind of thing, if you do have that skill gap, right? Then, like, on what your friend's into. You don't know. That too, right? Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, if, if your friend is someone who doesn't, who, who likes just, like, getting beaten over and over and over again without, like, any kind of, like, learning, then sure, right? I guess, but that's, like, I guess that's gonna, always going to be nuanced based on your friendship and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, there's some suggestions and stuff you could do. Yeah. I guess we should wrap this up, though. Yes. Like, it's, uh, we, again, this is one of those weeks where we looked at the agenda and we were like, we haven't really got much to talk about and we've gone way over an hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Thanks, th- thanks a lot for the question, Cameron. And um, if anyone else, yeah, if anyone else has questions that they would like to post to us, uh, please email us at sunfiretavern at gmail um, You can also follow us on Twitter at sun. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at sunfire tavern. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Play. Um, sorry, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, <laughs> Spotify, really iTunes. I'm doing this raw. I'm not even reading the script. I'm just doing it raw off the top of my wow, head, dude. This is it. I'm, fr- I'm freestyling. This is it. So, uh, uh, yeah, you can find us on all those platforms. Um, and yeah, thanks. Um, thanks a bunch for tuning in, everybody. This has been episode 32. Clark, you got anything to finish up with? A very quick thing, just a big shout out to all the people that have been sending in their applications for building our website. Oh, yeah. I uh, was not expecting that many people to apply. It, it got very overwhelming very quickly. Mm. Probably mismanaged my expectations a little bit there. So uh, I've put that on pause until we can kind of put together a brief. Yeah. Um, I'll be I'll be pushing a brief out and we'll, we'll kind of give a, a better submission process because I literally just got inundated with hundreds of CVs and yeah. um, like websites and stuff. Some, some very suggest like very dodgy most pretty cool so yeah. uh, thank you everyone for submitting and we'll readdress that in the coming weeks yeah uh, but other than that i've got anything else to say uh, it's been a good week fantastic well um thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next week cheers everyone bye-bye